Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Locked on Seminoles, your favorite daily Florida State sports talk show with your favorite daily Florida State talk show hosts, Drake, Dave, and myself. Today's show is brought to you by betonline.ag or .net, depending on if you want extra information or you just want to put some money down. The Masters are this weekend. We're going to talk about that towards the end of the show. So it is a great weekend to check out betonline.net. We're also going to talk about what we haven't been talking about enough. That's right. Today is going to be which players on offense and then which players on defense and then who in the coaching staff have we not talked about enough this spring. It's going to be a great show for y'all. I'm excited. Drake's excited. Dave's excited. You guys know Holly and Stacey are excited. Roll that video. Let's dive in. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, folks, welcome to Locked On Seminoles, your favorite daily Florida State sports talk show. We love being here, and we are only here because of the support y'all give us. We just hit 900, 900 subscribers on YouTube. We are on our march to 1,000. So go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Hit the bell to turn on notifications in case we decide to throw you a curveball, do a little surprise live action or whatever it may be, and make sure you like the individual video. And feel free to comment if you want to be featured on our next Mail Bag Monday. So let's just go ahead and start this thing flowing. Do we want to start? Let's start with defense. We've talked about offense a lot this week. Dave, this was your idea. Well, it was kind of a, a multi-pronged idea, but you yeah. gave it the structure. Who do you think of when you think of the defender that we have not talked about enough this spring? Don't say Travis J. <laughs> it's Travis I mean, J. I mean, it's not not Travis J. Right? You are like, included in the we in this. So if you've talked about him oh, ad nauseum, you can't talk about him on this segment. That makes it harder for me, though. And I why did you like get big Travis J? <laughs> I'll tell you, we're not talking about enough. Malcolm Ray. Malcolm Ray is a damn good player who we are lucky to have as a backup on the defensive line because Drake. A couple weeks ago, we went through the exercise of like the defensive end depth was like. Ugh, like if there's some injuries at the defensive end position, like who the hell is going to step up there? At least, at least on the interior D line, we know the starters are good. We know Fabian Lovett. We know Robert Cooper, but to have a third option, like Malcolm Ray back there, who absolutely is big enough to just eat offensive linemen, which is something that they have a longstanding tradition of interior D linemen at FSU who are elite and we were scared this last off season or, and the year before of, are we recruiting enough talent to keep up the interior defensive line play? Malcolm Ray is in the mix of talented interior defensive linemen that I expect to see a lot more snaps than people are probably expecting. What about you, Drake? Who comes to mind when you think of players we have not talked about enough uh, this spring, I suppose, or really any time? I don't know. Um, and, and don't say Michael Euro famed walk-on from the 2014 season shout out to Euro. i know he listens to the podcast every day love you bro congratulations on your anniversary with your girlfriend um no uh to me actually malcolm ray was probably on my list so dave good job on taking that one i think it's a really good pick i'm gonna go with kevin knowles 
And that's someone that we actually haven't discussed really that much actually on this podcast or you don't hear that much on any other podcast, really, primarily because, I mean, he had started off, you know, pretty well. Then he had that, I think there's two, three game stretch where he like struggled a little bit, but he's ended the season on a high note. And now with the departure of Darvis Brownlee, I think you'll, you'll see him somewhat be more of the consistent starter alongside a Duke Cooper and alongside a potentially one of Dave's picks for a potential breakout in uh, Demory Tate and Travis J. So to me, Kevin Knowles is someone that you're gonna definitely see slotted in that nickel in that uh, nickel back spot. Okay. Yeah. No, I think I think those are really solid ones. I'm trying to pull up some stats, and you know, I'm not I'm not great with the stats, but I think I've got two. One that you just mentioned, and that's Omari and Duke Cooper. And not that he's not being given enough praise, because if you ask about him, people say, "Yeah, he's great. He's one of our best players last year." But like we, I feel like we people aren't really talking much about him. It's like. You know, we're so into McCall and um, Azaria Thomas, and we're into, like, oh, is Renardo Green coming back going to do something? And those are all things we should be talking about. But let's not forget, as a true freshman, Amarion Cooper was a dog last year, and he is great in coverage, and he really should be an anchor in our defensive backfield. I also want to go where Dave went, and I want to talk about my man, Jarrett Jackson. He is a monster. He's a big like just massive dude at 6'6", 300 pounds. And he actually had a defensive rating last year of a 71, which is a green on pro football focus, which says, you know, he's a capable backup. He took 200 snaps last year. Isn't that nuts that we're now at a point where we've got guys who took 200 snaps last year and we don't even really talk about them because we've got so much depth of that position. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, and it's funny, now that you mentioned that, and I feel like I've talked enough about Dennis Briggs, but enough can't be said about him either because he was our best pass rusher last year, and that includes Jermaine Johnson. People forget that. People do forget that. He was probably the best player on that entire uh, defensive line. I didn't bring up Omar and Cooper because I think Max, when, when it's mainly me and Dave, I think I've brought him up a thousand times, but you know, he, you're right. Like You don't hear much about him actually from other outlets or overall from spring, mainly because if a defensive back is doing their job, you don't really hear their name called that much because typically speaking, right, they're not getting burned in practice, which that's a really, really good sign. And Jared Jackson, I like that a lot, actually. He he was someone that uh, I think Taggart picked up in his last year from Louisville, mm-hmm. the transfer coming in. And like a lot of people were saying that he he wasn't, I guess, committed to the game of football. And if you watch the game tape from last year and also you hear from spring practices, hey, he when he's locked in, he's locked in. And like that's he's proved people wrong, and that's definitely a solid, solid pick right there. Yeah, and he's just a behemoth. I mean, I'm look, I'm just double-checking the stats. He has 6'6", 297. And you look at his stats from last year, right? 16 tackles. He's an interior defensive lineman. Like, we don't necessarily expect interior defensive linemen to jump off the stat sheet. What I look at is how many snaps did they play? Because that tells me what one of the best assistant coaches in all of college football, Odell Higgins, thinks about the kid. And he put him in there 200 times. So, yeah, I'm excited to see. Maybe he'll do something this year and we'll get to see at the spring game. But I want to move on and talk about the offense. Before I do that, though, folks, I got to tell you about Athletic Greens. They help make all this happen. And I don't mean just by paying the bills. I mean, they make all this happen. You see this skin? I'm a 30-year-old with the skin of a 29 and 28-year-old, maybe, you could even say. And that's because I do Athletic Greens every morning. I don't like green juice. I don't like vegetables. But Athletic Greens does it right. It's delicious. It's nutritious. That's right. That's a catchphrase here at Locked On Seminoles. And you will like it too. So go to athleticgreens.com and get hooked up with their starter pack or dive right in and get their uh, non-starter pack. 
I don't know what they call it. Athleticgreens.com. So I know we started with Dave last time, but I know that Dave is also chomping at the bit for this topic because let's be honest, Dave doesn't get to talk a lot in his personal life. It's it's tough when your uh, <laughs> your girlfriend gives you talking tokens and when you've spent them all, you just have to be quiet until payday. Okay. So Dave, uh, <laughs> who is your Jesus. offensive player that we have not talked about enough on this show? Well, um, I don't know that either any of the three of us have mentioned this name the year 2022 we have a tight end who's taken over a thousand snaps in the last two years and 500 snaps each of the last two years cam mcdonald is not a bad player man like his oh, you're about to say preston daniel's like please tell me preston no, daniel hasn't played a thousand no, snaps. i thought he was no. a white reactor honestly no I'm like, <laughs> Abs- absolutely not cam mcdonald sneaky is a great pass blocker and if we want jordan travis to become a good passer it starts up front because if he's running for his life, he ain't going to be a good thrower. I don't care what development he does. Cam McDonald is super valuable as a sixth offensive lineman. And he's honestly not a bad pass. I mean, it's not, I'm not going to sit here and stand and say he's a good pass. Um, our second most touchdowns as a pass catcher yes. last year. And his catch, his catch rate has gone up each year he's been here, each of the three years. So he's getting better. He's not dropping the ball as much. Um, he seems... He seems to get open. Uh, like, if you just watch him on the field, like, it seems like he's open enough. He just doesn't get the ball enough. Like, he doesn't get enough credit. He's a good tight end. Um, he's one of the better tight ends we've had since Nick O'Leary. Yeah, I hear, I think there's two problems with Cam McDonald, right? Is one, I'm not saying everything you're saying is wrong, because it's not. But I don't know if he's developed much. He's kind of just the same dude he's been. And if you look, and I mentioned this in a comment in response to someone today, I don't think that's a coaching issue like with the wide receiver room because as much as we joke about him, Preston Daniel and Wyatt Rector have developed substantially from what they were. So I, I'd like to see Cam kind of take that next step. I also think he's like such a tweener, right? Like, does he want to be a Pitts or is he going to be a Nick O'Leary? And it's like he's too lean to be a Nick O'Leary, but he's like, not quite good enough at receiving to be a pits. So I don't, I don't think you're wrong. I just, I, I, that's why I struggle with him. I think. Yeah. I mean, at least we have an option at tight end that doesn't drop the ball a lot. And that's a good pass blocker. Like what more can we ask for than that? When we've had I'm a bad offensive too. line. Yeah, but I, I say mean, like, cool. to me, Cam McDonald's more, I keep them in there for run blocking and pass blocking. I really don't think he's like, he is definitely a weapon out there. Out, like on the outside as an option, but I just don't see he's him as much of a threat. And quite honestly, I mean, he led the team in, tar- in touchdowns with two. So, so me, well, second, second. On the team. Oh, sorry, second on the team with two. So to me, I don't know. I'm just not a, as big of a fan of him as most people are. Yeah, but you know, to Dave's point, I mean, maybe we should talk about him more, right? Because if we don't have a good tight end, we are in trouble. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think look, I think he deserves some praise. I do. I just think that. Yeah, I, I think there I think there's work that needs to be done at the um at the position. I'll 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 leave it yeah. up at that. Drake, you got somebody for us. Who's your under under discussed offensive player of twenty twenty two so far? Probably my under discussed offensive player of twenty twenty two is the kid that I mentioned yesterday, I think for the first time on this podcast, and that's the preferred walk on running back CJ Campbell. Primarily because I know Dave, you oh. gave me that reaction, but 
like I said before, I'll say it again. Like Mike Norvell does have a gift when at least when he's finding and evaluating running backs. You look at Memphis with Tony Pollard, Antonio Gibson, and Daryl Henderson too as well. So CJ Campbell, I mean Trayshawn Moore was also a PWO, and CJ Campbell they had what like Max Stacia had two and a half thousand total rushing yards last yeah. uh, in his last high school year. Only played and, eight games. Yeah, and to me that's someone that we're probably would supplant Lawrence Tofili, you know, actually as the tailback number one, primarily because I don't have enough faith in Tofili to have the size and be, you know, fully healthy for an entire season. So to me, I, if you had to tell me to pick one, I'd probably go CJ Campbell. Can we take a second here? Hold on. If you're a Georgia or a Bama or a Clemson fan and you hear that clip right there, bless your heart is all you can say, right? Like, oh man, they are down bad. Like, I also can don't... We t- we're, we're down bad. We are, yeah, but yeah, also I, mean, I don't really you know. give a f- about any of those teams either, though. So, I, but the point is, I, I like, know what, I, that's I, what I, we're doing now. I know what your point is, Dave. But if uh, we're being honest here, like we've scrutinized the offense so much, literally since the end of the season, you're telling me to pick a specific player. We haven't Trey talked Sean about Trayshawn Ward. We've, we've, talked, about we've about talked enough about Trayshawn Ward. We haven't talked about CJ Campbell. So you're telling me to pick. One player that we haven't discussed ad nauseum on the offensive side of the ball, I'm going to pick the one that I literally have left till the very last day to talk about. Do you guys get this ominous feeling we're going to just suck this year? Yeah, I really do. And I yeah, I do I too. Say, I, was a, I was about to say, like, I've had that feeling since the end of last year. Yeah, we're going to suck bad. Well, yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think the problem is we've we've sat here and assumed like, oh, we'll just get better because like that's what happens. It's like, yeah, that's what they said about the housing market in 2008. <laughs> yeah, that's right. what Jax fans say every single year. November, Literally like, the entire NFL draft process is like, hey, you draft earlier to get better. Why are you still here 20 years later? Well, that's, that's, the, that's, that's the issue, and the right? Um, and, and I think that a lot of it, you know, gets pinned around like, you know, various players or whatever. And I think for me, the issue is just like the, 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 the average doesn't seem to be increasing at enough of a rate for us to get substantially better. Like you look at who we have on this team and who we've talked about or not talked about. And we have a lot of players who are better than the players we had last year at the starting positions, but you start to go down one level and it's like, you look at offensive line and I'm going to like, go ahead and yell at me in the comments here. But if three O linemen get hurt, we're f- like, well, I mean, not, and I don't mean let's, kind of, let's I mean, be fair. three O linemen is a lot of linemen to get hurt. Oh dude, at least it, I'll try to pull the stats, but I would imagine at least three O linemen get hurt her team per year. I'm not saying for the rest of the season, but if they miss mm-hmm. one game, you're that's a guaranteed loss. I, I would argue you only need to lose two starting linemen to have it probably be a loss against any team on the schedule, Duquesne included. You lose three of the current starters, even throughout the game. If they don't all play 90% of the snaps as the starting five, right? If you have three starters miss more than 10% of their snaps, you're probably going to lose to any team on this schedule. That's so I think that's kind of last year. Right. And so that's the next step is like, you know, can the average, can the backups, can the two deep, the three deep start to accelerate? Cause you look at Alabama and I know we're not Alabama, but it wasn't so long ago where we're one pass interference call away, egregious call missed from going into the locker room at halftime, winning that football game. And maybe Frenchie doesn't get hurt because we're not playing from behind. And Dave, yeah, I know you're racking your brain. Remember the one where we have Auden Tate up like this and they've got their oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. arms extended into his chest. The referee's looking at him going, that's good defense in no, NFL I, blitz. Yeah. Keeps the flag I, on his I, hip. Here, 
here's why I'm racking my brain. And I know we got to go to break. Answer yeah. this question. Don't elaborate. Place 2013 Jameis Winston on this exact team. What's our record this year? Eight and four. Nine three. Okay. I, I think this team with Jameis Winston is Pitt last year. It's like Kenny Pickett on Pitt. Not saying Kenny's as good as Jameis, but I think that their players around him were better than our players around Jameis. So I think it's a very similar team. Yeah, so yeah, maybe he gets you to 10 if the schedule breaks correctly. Yeah. Um, no, I think, look, I think that's a great question. Um, my player, by the way, we hadn't talked about was Alex Mastromano. As a freshman, he pinned, let's see, as a freshman, he knocked he 20% that's of his offense. punts. That's not all. Well, yeah, but it, okay, you're right, but whatever. We're not, we don't have a special team segment. So um, he knocked 20% of his punts, uh, of 34 total punts within the 20. Last year, he punted 61 times and knocked 37% of those in the 20. So we talk about Florida State, and this is how it relates to offense, struggling with getting first downs, right? Struggling with field position on first and second, leading to long third downs. If Mastromano can take another step forward and get even more accurate and really start being a field flipper, that could really help the offense be alleviate, have a lot of pressure alleviated from them this year. And I think could be really important to the game. And yeah, I don't think we talk about special teams enough because it's also like, what do you talk about with them? Um, but anyway, yeah. So I was going to say with, with Bama, though, think back to that Georgia game, right? When they played Georgia the first time in the national championship, their left tackle, I forget who it was now, went down like three minutes in. They put a true freshman out there and they gave up two sacks all game. And it's like, when do when are we going to get that? Like, when are we going to have that? Like, we're starting to see it on the defensive line, but we need it at every position. And right now we just, we just don't have it, it. but. Locked yeah, on Seminoles, we'll be here. Yeah, yeah, well, I I would argue defensive line, we have it right now. I think the whole defensive starting line in a 3-4, but almost even in a 4-3, could miss a game, and you would still be competitive in that game. I don't think it's like a yeah. guaranteed loss if you have to go to your second string in that, with yeah, that I, position group. I can, I can agree with that. I think I'm a lot higher in the defensive line than most people here. Like, I know Dave is, like, very, like, oh, after basically Briggs and Fuller, like, who else do we have? And I'm like, no, you still got Verse. I think McClendon's coming on too. You're going to see a lot from, you know, Farmer and everybody else. But, hey, I mean, I have faith in them. And also, to your previous point, yeah, punters are people too. I guess, I guess that's right. <laughs> Punter, punters are people too. To, I mean, by right. the rule. Although there's no rule that says a dog can't play football, apparently. So that's – got to watch out for that technicality if you see a golden retriever suiting up. Um, anyway, uh, folks, like I said, the show is brought to you by Bet Online. It is a great place to get action. They've got – literally anything you want so you can throw some money on the masters and you can work out your nerves about what's happening in the masters at their casino or on horses in countries that are so many time zones ahead of us they're always running horses the beauty of horses is there's literally always a horse race going on anywhere so anytime anywhere somewhere else in the world has a horse race going on and bet online has the odds so go to betonline.net Make an account, use promo code locked on, and get yourself a welcome bonus. You will be happy you did it. So do it now. Thank me later. All right. So Drake has requested the microphone. I, I don't need to hand him mine because he has his own. But Drake, you would you would like to run our golf segment. So uh take it away. I'm interested to see where this goes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So one of the things, folks, as you know, it is the off season. And one of the things we want to implement a lot more is we learn a lot more personal stuff about our guests. Now, okay. with this week, you know, being the Masters, I'm like, hey, I don't want to be on here because all y'all know I hate golf. However, 
I want to comp- I want to compromise, you know, with my co-host here. So I want to ask each one of you now that um you know how there's a master's dinner every single day, every year, right? Yep. Did you see uh, Hideki Matsuyama's uh, menu? Yep. I did. For those of you that don't know, good. it's not the personal thing, but Max is a sushi connoisseur. Dave yes. also is, he's gotten me over to the volcano roll life. And Dave, thank you so much for that. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. I do so, love it. Good call. I wanted to ask each of you, Max, I'll start with you. Dave, you go next. What would be your five course, you know, dinner menu at the Masters? So I'm admittedly going to have to Google something um, because I'm not sophisticated enough to know what a five course meal entails. Oh, I, I have right. Um, you would have an appetizer. Okay. You would have some sort of fish, a meat, and then so we do I'll, a fish and we do a fish and a meat. You do a fish and a meat, unless you are Bubba Watson who does mac and cheese with Caesar yeah, salad. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm from chicken. the Panhandle. He does everything Florida, a little but, weird? But dear God. I mean, that was like the most Milton, Florida thing. Bubba also says he's never had a golf coach, which can I just say something about Bubba Watson? I, I believe I don't it. hate the guy, but I don't believe that for a second. I believe a lot of coaches have quit because he's a nightmare to deal with, but I don't believe for a second he made it to the PGA Tour without a coach. That's just like, I'm sorry, but you can't get to that level. He hits the ball a country mile, but look at Kyle Berkshire, right? Like you, you can only hit it far for so long. You need a coach out there teaching you putting and short game. Anyway. Moving on. Um, all right, so I've got a I've got a mock menu up here. So for my appetizers, assorted sushi, sashimi, and nigiri. Yes, that's going on there. But most importantly, it would be very salmon heavy, very very um, very scallop heavy. I really like scallops as a as a nigiri dish. Big fan of the scallops. Um, and then if you don't eat sushi, I guess I've got to have a second one in there because some people don't eat fish. Um, I, I guess chicken nuggets because you're a child. So uh, sorry, there's allergies out there. So if you have allergies, I'll get you something. Um, I think I would go with, uh, Ooh, this is a tough one. Ooh, you know what? One of my favorite things are is when they make like a really good veggie, like it's all vegetable salsa. And then they, they take the chips and they just put a little on each chip. You know, it's like that kind of appetizer, uh, do that. Some, some spicy sour cream over it so we've got the guac and the salsa and a little spicy sour cream over the top uh for my fish i guess we're having fish twice here although weird fact i love sushi i don't like cooked fish so i would go with i think i'd go freshwater i'm going back to the freshwater i think i would go with like a like a good river bass maybe like something inland something kind of you know well cooked put it over a nope nope seafood paella Going with seafood paella there for a cooked fish. Then I'm going with steak. I'm not going with Wagyu, though. I think Wagyu has gotten a little overrated, a little big for its britches. Everyone, you hear the name Wagyu now? Yeah, it's zero to the price. It's like, it's gotten a little extreme. I want steak in the skillet, all right? I want New York strips. I want like 16-ounce New York strips, but cooked in skillets. That way all the juices get in there with a the garlic, butter, and uh what is it rosemary or thyme i forget which one i use i I, it's in my fridge i have to look every time okay gordon ramsay um but no i want a really well skillet prepared and i I want that with just some good old-fashioned because we are in augusta georgia mashed potatoes and a side of cornbread so steak mashed potatoes side of cornbread and then for dessert we're just gonna have vanilla ice cream i want some vanilla ice cream from the penn state creamery folks if you don't know penn state was a pioneer in food science. In fact, Ben and Jerry of Ben and Jerry's learned how to make ice cream 
at Penn State. They have a dairy food science department. They have the cows. They milk the cows. It becomes ice cream, cow to ice cream in like eight minutes. It's mind-blowing stuff. It's the best ice cream on the planet. So I would have an assortment of of uh, Penn State Creamery ice cream. Okay, Dave. Now that you've had about 10 minutes to uh, concoct <laughs> your menu. You're like, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I'll, uh, I'll save you some time. So, number one. When, when you Chicken nuggets. And then we're going to have mac and cheese. When, when, but when make sure we have ketchup When you think appetizer, it. when you think appetizer, you go mozzarella stick 100 times out of 100. There's, there's no questions here. Yeah, you're going mozzarella stick. You just stick. won the you Masters, and you're going to serve a room full yes, of grown yes, adults mozzarella sticks. Good, good mozzarella. Are you going to have good. the placemats with the planets on them so well, that way everyone can learn dinner. too? It's hey, hey, my hey, dinner. Hey, let him have it. Okay? My dinner. The mozzarella, ahead, mozzarella sticks. sticks. Sure. Yes. If you don't if you don't like it, you don't get to eat the appetizer. Um, we got to have two appetizers. I actually don't try to have two. Just It's fine. We'll have chicken nuggets or something. Proceed. Yeah, that's not an appetizer. That's disgusting. That's a full entree, and everybody knows that. Um, right? Okay. So for seafood, hmm, I don't know. I had a good salmon burrito once. That was pretty good, but I don't think <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, sushi burritos. Have you ever had a sushi burrito? Those are so I, good. I don't like the consistency. Uh, Fine, sushi burritos. Okay, yes, cool. Sushi burritos. They're so good. You just shove a bunch of sushi shit in there and it just, you can really cover up a lot of flaws with the sushi. Sushi shit also referred to as fish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So do that. Um, but no, sushi burritos, very good. If you never have one, they make one at Whole Foods. It's okay. It's way overpriced. It's not worth it. You got to get a good one. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So for the meat, Max, you were on the right track, but you're dead wrong. Uh, you don't want a New York strip. You want, you want a nice dry age ribeye. You want a ribeye here. Um, yeah, if you're going to the skillet, that level of marbling, that's a good call. A lot more fat to kind of keep the taste in there. And I, by the way, would, would say that my steak has to be the last one cooked in a skillet. So all of the rest of the flavors in there. Also, if you cook it any more than rare, medium, rare, you're defiling it. Um, and super hot take here. Flame mignon is a trash cut of meat. Yeah, I said that. Yeah, I'm um, not a big fan. It's not okay. good. Okay, it's can decent. we go back to what you just said, though, for a second? I don't know if I'm giving, if it's my dinner and I won the Masters, like I had to win it, I'm not giving you the option. It's like, do you want, like, I'm going to have it be rare. And if you want, like, I'll maybe, you know what? Maybe I'll send people around with blow torches. So if you need a little bit more, we'll be a lit, we'll be lenient. But I'm not, if someone's like, oh, can I get a, a well done steak? I'd be like, you can well done the fuck out of this dinner. Mm -hmm. That's right. Okay. Last but not least dessert sticky toffee pudding if you've never had it go to go to atlanta and go to a nice restaurant there are several places that had it i think king and duke has a really good one max you should know this you should go there sticky toffee pudding is super underrated uh guarantee you've never had it right drake you never had that max nope. never had that no no idea what you're talking about but four of you four of you have had it you all love it just the rest of you go try it thank you later you're there's welcome. three of us here by the way it's called an engagement Breaking the fourth wall. Um, <laughs> well, folks, uh, yeah, Drake, that was a solid one. Didn't you have another one? So first I want to say, though, by the way, Brooks Kepka is the, I think, 20th ranked golfer, 23rd ranked golfer 19th. headed into this. 19th. 19th ranked in the world, and he's got like the 10th best odds. Brooks is big time Brooks for a reason. Uh, let me ask it this way. Is there anything, Dave, that you causes concern or a reason you don't expect him to be pushing on the fourth day? Yeah, I, I just, 
ever since he has come back from his injury, he or injuries, he just has not put it all together in a round where he dominated like he had been prior to that. Um, like it, it's not like it would be a Tiger Woods thing where if he won, it would just be the most shocking thing ever. It wouldn't be surprising at all if Brooks won. He just hasn't put it together yet like he had been playing prior to the injuries. That's the only reason I don't expect him to win it. But his game's all there. I mean, look at his last several finishes. Didn't he finish seventh, uh, tied for second, and tied for 11th? Like, those are three strong finishes in his last three matches. He absolutely should be up there competing. I just don't know if he can string it all together before then. My thing is with Brooks, though, and I genuinely mean this. Like, I know it's it's such a talking point, but it's, it's legitimate. When he's playing well, I almost start to get – like, I get less confident about his chance in a major. Because he's just that guy that, like, he knows how to step up at majors. Although, there's still this thing circulating, like, why, why, why is Brooks better at majors? He's told you why. In an obscure interview that very few of you probably saw, he said directly one time that he practices for majors, and he just doesn't practice any other time. He just doesn't see the point in getting to the course two days early. It's not worth his time, so he doesn't do it. And, you know, I think that's why people like Brooks Kepka. So, he's going to practice. He's out there. Um, Dave, real quick, give your prediction now as the people are listening to this. Also, Drake, I think we should drop at 6 a.m. instead of 7 a.m. because, you know, Masters are king off at like 6.37, so I'd like to check that out. But anyway, um, you think Tiger does it? You think he decides game time? Yeah, there's no way. Max, I remember sitting on your couch uh, when he won the uh, – was what was it that we were watching? Was, it wasn't the U.S. Open. It was uh, – The last major – oh, gosh, we should The last this. major he won. And it was like stunning that he had won that one. This one would be. It wasn't the last of, major he won was the Masters. Yeah, it was the Masters. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it was the Masters. Just that was stunning. This would be one of the most surprising championships in the history of sport. Literally. Like this would be, it's not, it's hard to call him a 16 seed, but after the injury he just had where they weren't sure if he was going to walk or live, like this is his first tournament back. You don't just jump into the Masters and win it. You do, if right? Woods, though. He's already won the Masters with a broken leg, hasn't he? Or was that a U.S. Open? Which major did he win with a snapped-in-half femur? Because he's he's literally done it before. So this time his leg's repaired. I would not be shocked at all if he plays tomorrow. I To me, his back is more of a concern than his leg. I mean, Tiger, it's Tiger Woods, man. There is no time that Tiger Woods won't be competitive. Um, Dustin Johnson. I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll see, man. Who? Dustin Johnson. Ooh, that's a hot pick. Um, I, you know, it's not going to be, it's not going to be Scotty Scheffler. It's not going to be him. And it won't be John Rahm. Thank Christ. Oh yeah. Yeah. It probably won't be John Rahm either. Although dude, I bet if I'll tell you what, I love Spanish food. So if he were That's to win, awesome too. yeah, if he were to win, that would be a pretty strong, strong menu. Cause Spanish food is my second favorite up there with chat, like behind Japanese food. And behind that is like Mexican Tex-Mex. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'd be interested to see his menu, but I don't think Rahm gets himself a jacket this year. I uh, just, I think it's too much. We, we've kind of seen since his, uh, his kid was born and, you know, he started to, you know, come down a bit from world number one down to world number two or three. Um, but he's not riding the same high that he was. And I, I don't, maybe he is. I don't know. What am I talking about? Folks, watch the masters. Enjoy it. And let me know if I'm right or wrong. We have been rolling at this for several minutes now. This is your favorite daily Florida state sports talk show with Drake, myself, Dave, and together, we are Locked On Seminoles. Smells like seam spirit, folks. Happy opening day, everybody. 
And a happy opening day to you too, Drake. Although I'm sure it'll be a disappointing season for the Marlins, as it has been for the last. You know, it's my birthday. Can you at least be nice and like let me enjoy? Not your birthday while we're recording this. I'll be nice tomorrow. Hey, wait, wait, wait! I'm not gonna be on tomorrow. He hasn't been mathematically eliminated from the playoffs yet.